I think one of the things that creates the roller coaster is suppressing feelings. So even when we're in that high place, we're like, oh, I'm in a, I'm feeling really excited. Therefore, none of the other stuff exists. I'll just squash it down, squash it down, squash it down. And then you can't. You cannot squash stuff like that down. It's not how we work as humans. Before we get into today's episode, welcome by the way, I wanted to let you know that after many weeks of talking about it on this podcast, in my Facebook group, on Instagram, and teasing you about it a bit, sorry about that, you can now apply for a brand new live private training that myself and my team are offering uh, for our new program, Plenty More. In it, I will be talking you through our three-part framework, the Plenty More framework, And the workshop itself is called How to Make Plenty of Money with You and Your Big Ambitions at the Center of Your Business Strategy. This one is for you if you want to make plenty of money, you know you have big ambitions, and yet you find yourself trying to contort who you are, how you are, the way that you do things into spaces that simply don't fit you, all in the name of achieving those first two things, the money and the ambition. I really believe that we need to look at the whole thing, and that's when those ambitions, that money will actually start to flow. And so the Plenty More framework is really about setting out how we go about that. How do we put ourselves at the center of our own businesses at the center of our own business strategies and don't just follow what we're being told is the way to make however much money. So come find out more with us. If what I'm saying here in this episode, in previous podcasts that you've listened to appeals to you, then pop us an application. We'll take a look and we'll be honest about whether or not we think you'll be a good fit. After all, we want you to get value for your money and there is no one size fits all in our world. So um, pop to the link in um, the show notes and you should have a link to apply. Once you've applied, the the process is that we will be running the live private training for those that um, whose applications are accepted. You can come along, watch that. We'll be talking through the framework, like I said, and we'll also be talking through the program. And then you'll be able to, you'll be given time to make a decision as to whether or not this program is a good fit for you. Come along if you're absolutely wanting to do it. You already know that. Come along if you're curious, if you're nosy, you're all absolutely welcome. So please um, do hit us up. And if you've got any questions, slide into my Instagram DMs and I'll be happy to help you. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to today's episode of Money Makers. Um, We're doing something a bit different today. It's actually something I've wanted to do for quite a while. Um, And so lovely Joe Casey is going to interview me. So, um, and I'm, by the way, if this is your first time listening, I'm Ray, I'm a money and, um, not God, every time I'm a money coach and mentor. (laughs) I can't get my own title right. Every single time I'm a money, what, what, what? Um, And Joe is the associate coach in my Plenty More program. And so she is going to be asking me some questions and we're going to be having a chat. So Joe, I'll hand over to you. Thank you. This is, this is very exciting. (laughs) I'm drunk on power right now. (laughs) Um, so I know that there's going to be a fair number of people listening to this because they'll be listening every week and they'll already be really familiar with your work. But there's also going to be some people who this might be their first time encountering you. Yes. So I know you're, uh, you, you, you're, uh, you are um, a money coach and mentor. Yeah. But tell us a bit more about your work and the philosophy behind your work Mm. and 
how you got into this because my experience of you is you are very different from your average money coach that I've come across. Yeah. So, and that's partly because I fought being a money coach for a long time. So I started out being a coach for um, mums. That was the first thing I did. So I had, I had two small children Oh, and it was so long ago now because now they're like so much older, but I had like a small baby at home and a toddler and I was um, working around them with, um, they were, one of them was in childcare, but the other one was with me all the time. And so my first thing I did was like helping um, mums to kind of manage that balance because I'd really figured out how to do those two things alongside each other in a way that was working really well with my first business. And so I went into coaching in that sense, very much just trying it out at first, quite part-time. I ran a couple of business, other businesses alongside it. Then that, that took off really fast. What was it? I even called myself then. That's why I can never say the name of what I do now because I've had so many different titles. <laughs> it's been this one for quite a long time now, but initially it changed quite a bit. Um, and so I had a Facebook group and I started to do this work. And then gradually I realized that, um, and I should say from the very beginning, even though I would say it's grown enormously, my understanding of it all, I always brought in the societal aspect um, or like zoomed out on the structures that we exist in and all of that stuff when it came to, at the time it was motherhood. So mm -hmm. even when I, I used to be a hypnobirthing teacher, that was my first business. Then I looked at the societal structures that existed around women and how that impacted birth and how it, pe people who give birth, the way that, that society really like, one of my key phrases I used to say as a hypnobirthing teacher is like all our lives as people who are socialized as female, we are taught as women to distrust our bodies. And then we get pregnant and everyone's like, just trust your body. It knows what it's doing. And it's like, hang on a minute. You told my body, told me my body like was, was shit and needed improving and was terrible. And I've learned to, to I, I don't even eat when I'm hungry because I'm meant to have 1200 calories or whatever it was a day, which was the amount that was, is stuck in my brain from when I was a teenager. Like, so and suddenly you want me to trust it to give birth to a whole being from this small hole that exists in me are you like what and so I would talk about it from that perspective and so I brought that into the coaching and then I started to notice I think what happened was so I made a lot of money quickly mm. and so, so lots of people will be aware of this part of my story I made uh, around 94 grand in my first year and during that first year, I um, I really felt like I'd cracked this like parts of the code or parts of the like I'd I'd kind of honed my skill of money making. Mm -hmm. And so I taught I went to teach a course. At first, I taught a module actually on a course of mine on money. That's what happened. I taught a module, and oh my god, that module blew up. My video, which was normally about 40 minutes, was an hour and a half because of all the questions about money. And I was like, whoa, this is a really big topic. And I feel like people want more space to talk about it. And the whole of Finding Your Space, which was the course, was about zooming out, looking at things from different perspectives, you know, very similar, actually. I still use a lot of that stuff now. And so, yeah, I decided to do it. I decided to do a whole course on money and that was the best like it sold so easily I sold so many places on it um I couldn't quite believe it had happened and that it was after launching that money course I'm trying to think, remember what it was called anyway my first money course 
that I was like, oh, I think I want to just talk about this. And then I was like, no, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a money coach. Like they're the worst. (laughs) 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 That was my, and I remember just being like, no, don't want to do that. No, thank you. And so I put that off. And then finally after it, I I sort of moved because I didn't want to just work with mums anymore. I felt like I was, Mm -hmm. I was getting an increasing amount of people who weren't mums coming into my space and I wanted to work with anybody that my stuff spoke to mm. so I became a taking up space coach and mentor that was my next title and as my coach at the time said it was like that time was about me coaching myself to take up space mm. to become a money coach um, that's very meta yeah it was it was a very like oh and then I just was like oh you know what I just love talking about this money stuff so let's do that but do it from as me from a different not do it as I'd seen you know with the caftans and the blow dries and kicking Mm -hmm. the waves on the beach and all of that stuff yeah I wanted to do it as me and what that would look like and that's still an ongoing process of like of of holding on to who I am Mm. allowing myself to be me and talk about money and so you made 90 grand in your first 94 94 94 94 I, I apologize 94 um, yeah how how was that because I know that if I think back to my first year yeah it was nothing close to, to yeah. that amount and I think if I can think back to kind of Joe of that time and maybe you know people who are listening to this who who aren't at that stage financially in, in their business that seems like the holy grail you know it's almost at that magical six figures so yeah. what was that like um it was both amazing it was amazing in so many ways like I couldn't believe it I had thought that would take me years to get to like mm-hmm. I'd had that in my mind of where I wanted to go but it was actually really hard. It was really hard. And I still, I used the phrase at the time and I still use it, which is a friend's quote when Chandler says um, about your diamond shoes being too tight. And I definitely felt, I remember trying to say to people who were more at that stage, you know, cause I'd come up with a load of people that were doing various things and mm. my business had out earned theirs. And actually there's a few of them, even like, who, like quite a few of them still haven't made that 94 grand. And mine had just leapt there. And it was totally unexpected. I, I was saying to Joe before we even started talking, like the most I'd made in a year before that was 28 grand from my like contracted job. Um, and obviously I didn't, you know, that wasn't, you receive money when you're, self, when you're running your own company in such a different way. Like you can have these massive chunks of money come in and it was just so different. And um, so it was amazing in that like, wow, I can't believe I've managed to do this. And it was also terrifying. And it also brought up, I had been, so again, I'm not going to go massively into this part of the story. Like if you've been on my email list, you'll have had this story before. And there's probably a podcast with it on as well, actually. Probably the debt one, I talk about it. We had been in real dire financial situation. So to have brought us through that was amazing. But a lot of my panic, a lot of my fears a lot of the kind of emotional roller coaster of like of how I'd got to that 94k which was like I can do this I can do this oh my god I don't think I can do this I don't think I'm gonna do this or oh my god I need to hide in my bed and watch Grey's Anatomy because I'm terrified like that was kind of the three like a triangle of emotion that I <laughs> like a Bermuda triangle of emotion that I like swung around 
And that I would say after that first year into that second year got worse. The, the, yeah, the lows were lower. Uh The highs were similar, but it was, and I would say I felt more, I mean, if I'm really honest, it triggered trauma in me Mm. is what I would say. I would say it sounds very much like a a, a trauma response. Knowing what I know now about that like I can see that it triggered like a trauma in me. And I think also what you think is when you're doing this stuff is that it's just good, like the answer is making more money, right? I feel unsafe. I feel like we, I don't know how we're going to live from month to month. We're having to borrow from family. The answer is more money. Mm. Nope. <laughs> yes, that did help. Don't get me wrong, but it didn't make me suddenly okay. So what happened from there so this is this is year one yeah how 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 long ago was was how long i'm trying four, to think back of four years four or five four years ago five years ago uh-huh. i get very confused i was trying to think in terms of accounts but they're a year behind i get so confused mm. about how long i've been doing it for i think it's like four years ago that it's that that i got to that end point mm-hmm. and um then i sort of carried on trying to really push through it I really wish I could go back to that right now with knowing what I know now. Ooh, um, what would you say? To oh God, I'd just be like, I'd say, get into therapy now. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you trying to style this out? Just go to therapy. Um, and I think what happened was a number of like, so what, what would generally happen as things kind of got, um, as I got into that second year was something relatively small would happen in a, in, within the business, like a slight knockback. And I would really go off the deep end a bit in kind of terms of like, oh my God, I can't do this. It's not going to work. It's all falling apart, mm. that sort of stuff. And then I would, um, then I'd gather myself and I'd be able to carry on. Um, and that happened a few times. And then something quite big happened. I had a really difficult situation happen with a former client. And um, I just then couldn't get back up again. I kept trying and I couldn't find myself and and I tried god I think it was like nine months to a year like I kept trying to fix myself and do mm. so, like kept going for these like quick fixes like a short session with a, a hypnotherapist or a, a one-off session with a coach on something and I just couldn't it just wouldn't work and then it got to the point where I was having panic attacks and stuff mm. um quite regularly I think was I talking to you about this the other day like I used to do a word for the year and I've stopped doing it because (laughs) breathe (laughs) so my word for the year one of those years was breathe and the idea was that I was going to have space and it was space to breathe and my business was going to feel like I was taking deep breaths and that was the year I started to have panic attacks and I had this sign up on my wall that said the word breathe and I was like I'm trying because my breathing had become so like shallow and Mm -hmm. and it got to the point where yeah I had a couple of panic attacks and that was when I was like Ray you just have to go and get counseling what are you doing Mm -hmm. and I think it was that thing as well where we one of the things that I know puts me off getting a therapist is like what if they're not the right therapist like Mm -hmm. you go in and do all this vulnerable stuff and in your in your struggling to actually make the appointment because you know it's not going to be very nice and like to begin with at least Mm -hmm. um and I got really lucky and had an amazing one from the off like literally walked into her room shut the door and cried (laughs) it's like I was like sorry hello um but it it was a really really healing experience um 
and yeah so that was that's kind of the journey of like that second year and actually my income dipped in that second year mm. well it kind of did I earned I, I was charging VAT so officially I um, made more in terms of money taken in but if you look at my accounts it it's it's less mm-hmm. um I I don't know I kind of like to include VAT because you are charging it to people and that's what they're paying you but yeah. officially my accountant's like no way that's not how much you earn <laughs> so yeah officially I made um I made slightly less that year mm-hmm. um and it was even with VAT it was it was like 101 or something so it's mm-hmm. very close to that amount mm-hmm. which actually when I look back is amazing because I was not in a good place. I was really, really struggling. Yeah. And so presumably, well, I know that you are not in that same place anymore. And there have been massive changes in terms of not only, I think, how you approach your work, but also coming up in the the type of work that you're doing. Mm. And so I'm really curious to know what you can identify as the things that have shifted for you and that you consciously did and yeah talk talk to us about the the kind of the 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 journey out of 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 the darkness the darkness yeah not not being able to breathe properly yeah Um, so it was a mixture of things obviously the therapy was really really helpful that's something I still have um I think sometimes we we get confused between whether we need coaching or therapy. Mm. I think often if you're in a really dark place, therapy first, then coaching, but often the two together can be incredibly helpful. And that's often what I say. And I know, yeah, I think if you're at a certain point of your business, you can afford that, make it a priority. Mm. And so I, um, I think what changed was a few things. I learned to how to feel my feelings. Like I still have this joke with my therapist about being annoyed about being a human. Like, why do I have to feel these feelings? Like, what? Well, they're so inconvenient. Um, but I've learned how to do that. It's still it's an ongoing thing. I still would rather they didn't exist. <laughs> they're so annoying. Um, yeah. So I still get annoyed about having tough feelings, but I've learned how to kind of. Um, I've learned how to navigate it and to be accepting of it. And I, and I know that will continue to soften for mm-hmm. me. Um, and so I think there's a big part of that was like, whereas before, I think one of the things that creates the roller coaster is suppressing feelings. So mm. even when we're in that high place, we're like, oh, I'm in a, I'm feeling really excited. Therefore, none of the other stuff exists. I'll just squash it down, squash it down, squash it down. And then you can't. You mm-hmm. cannot squash stuff like that down. It's not how we work as humans. And so it just boils up and you're suddenly like, oh God, it's like utterly overwhelming. In fact, if anyone's watched Vampire Diaries, <laughs> I keep talking about this. It's a bit like when Damon's humanity comes rushing back in season eight, I would say. And he gets okay. like, he's like catatonic a bit because he's like, there's so many feelings. And I definitely mm-hmm. used to get that where it was like, feeling loads but I didn't know what to do with any of them and also once and this is the one of the things once you're making money you're sort of trapped it's like what do I do now I've got team members I've got a certain reputation I've got clients and I actually what I will say is I never struggled to show up for my clients behind closed doors like for people that had paid me that for some reason, it's like I go into a different place and I was able to do it. What I struggled with was selling and being sort of more present. That I found mm-hmm. harder, but actually coaching and stuff, 
wasn't too tricky for me but there is that feeling of like I've got wages to pay I've got I'm I have always been the breadwinner in the family I've got to support us if I don't make money what do I do yeah and there's so much pressure which is not the best thing when you're not feeling you know when you're feeling anxious or you've got you know you've had your trauma poked at it's yeah. essentially which is how mm-hmm. I often would describe it And so I had to learn bit by bit. And this is very much the training that we are offering on the 27th of September. And so um, it's all about this framework that I developed through. um, And it's basically these three touchstones of things that you can, what's the word, like develop or cultivate, I think is how Brené Brown would probably put it. Mm -hmm. Um, These three things where often when we are in um, a state of worry, concern just emotions fear self-doubt all of that stuff it can feel like we've got nowhere to put our feet like nowhere Mm -hmm. no there's no ground it doesn't feel trustworthy Mm -hmm. I think um when I made that money fast it felt very much like I'd been chucked up in the air and left there and I was a bit like what where am I what's happening Uh I don't know I didn't get here gently it's why we should be much more positive about slow growth like actually fast growth I haven't experienced it as fast as some people have, but I've Mm -hmm. rarely seen it work out that well Mm -hmm. for people. And so we've developed this framework where you have these touchstones, these three things, which we'll go into in the private training. um, And those things have become the real, the ground in which I can put my feet. Mm -hmm. Um, And that has meant that I'm able sometimes describe it as like we're reaching for all these like lofty like ambitions and big goals and exciting things and what like world changing things and yet our feet are like it's like the crate challenge that's what it's like <laughs> like we're stood on this really wobbly crate that's like our our self-concept our self-belief our you know our emotional well-being and our traumas and all of that stuff and the crates are wobbling and we're trying to reach up to this thing and it doesn't feel good no. And it I would say it's amplified uh-huh. as you make more money rather than the reverse. So we obviously I'm very familiar now with the 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 framework and you've been using it for yeah quite a while now. What yeah. I'm really curious about so what I want people to know what's different for you yeah. now that you you are much more mindful and cultivating and and operating from 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 those places yeah instead of the push down all the feelings yeah (laughs) um so a lot of it is about um the way in which I I don't have a backlog of emotions Mm -hmm. in the same way now so um I've I've banged on about this book but I cannot recommend burnout by amelia and emily nagoski enough oh, so good so i mean so totally good. life-changing totally yeah. life-changing and so that that book which talks about how we process um, emotions physically not just mm-hmm. chat about it therefore or deal with the issue therefore it's done so there was that but there's also this kind of process of checking in on these three things and one of the key things so i will talk about one aspect of the framework so that people are not just like just vague vague booking about this that's probably a pretty old like reference now isn't it but um yeah it's it's self-trust so that's one of the key components of it and having that trust in yourself is such a massive thing and it takes time because like I said 
all the way back when I was about hypnobirthing, we have been taught from the beginning. I mean, our mothers have been taught, our grandmothers mm-hmm. have been taught. It comes through in birth, not to trust ourselves, mm-hmm. not to trust that we need to, and capitalism capitalizes on this um, in that it's like, you know, you need to buy this because this isn't good enough for you. You need to buy, like, you are not, you don't look right. You don't speak right. You don't walk right. You don't, nothing's right about you. Mm-hmm. Buy this product. It will correct you. And so then we go into business, which has traditionally been this very male, like middle-class cis male dominated um, space. And we're like, but I'm not like them. I don't see anyone Mm. like me. And people like me aren't meant to trust themselves. Mm -hmm. So I should find someone I can outsource that trust to. Yeah. And then everything will be fine. And... I have learned to not do that increasingly. I'm not saying I don't do it, uh-huh. but I've learned to spot it and I've learned to come back to myself and I've learned to um, trust, yeah, who I am and what I want. And a big part of that, and I've mentioned this in recent podcast episodes, has been really, really being okay with who I am right now not once I've improved myself in a year or so and I'm earning more uh, money, who I am right now, build a business around that person. Mm-hmm. Not the person I'm going to be when I'm much better at content. Not that one. Yeah. More <laughs> organized. Not that I'm saying you're not organized. I'm, um, I'm not you. though. That's why we have K. <laughs> we have wonderful K. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's accepting that. It's accepting mm. that, you know, this is who I am and I get to make money from here. Mm. I get to make money when I'm feeling anxious. I don't have to not feel anxious, which I think is a lot of where that for me, and I can only speak to my experience. And I realized that my anxiety was reactive rather than a diagnosed generalized anxiety. But for me, a lot of that was like, oh my God, I cannot feel this right now. I have to make money. I can't feel bad. I don't have space for that. I've got to do, I've got to be selling. I've got to be like this version of me. That's the only acceptable version of me. And that's why a lot of what we've been doing with Plenty More is creating purposely, very intentionally, creating a space, a container, a program where people get to come in as all the different facets of being a human and make big money while they're doing it and and create businesses that make space for that. And that's what shifted for me is increasingly, and it's it's an ongoing process because it's appealing off of layers. It's just constantly being like, is that, does that reflect me and what I want or what somebody else has decided? Or, or what somebody else has decided I should be and what somebody else has decided I should want. Mm. And so what has been the, the impact on the money side of things? Because all of there's a there's a I, I think if I, if I was listening to this there is a, a danger kind of yeah I understand I need to be more human I need to build a yeah. more human sized business and that means I maybe need to lower my expectations because if you're still operating from yeah. that you know I have to be in a certain place to make lots of money yeah yeah um, so I think it's really important also to kind of share what have been the impacts on 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 your business and your I mean making from that last year I when as things were like really like I was feeling so much better in myself and I was learning these things last year I doubled my income like mm-hmm. I doubled so I earned I think it's 202 I thought it was 198 for a while and I was like damn it 
I was really happy as well but I was also like why am I always like a few off um but yeah so I I doubled my income more than doubled actually and also importantly because I know this this matters to people I think I tripled my profit pretty sure that's that was the so it was a really much like just a very different year mm. this year is slightly different this year my mantra for the year has been breathing in in order to breathe out and joe's helped me say that so much mm-hmm. and um and so at the moment what's happening and this is where the real trust comes in i knew that i needed to go another layer deeper in terms of creating a business that reflects me And so where we are at the moment is slightly under where I would like to be income wise, but I have every trust and belief that we are setting up a business that is going to make even more money going forward. So, and this is, and so costs are covered and everything's fine, but in terms of those ego metrics, this year might not look as like exciting, but I know we're creating a business that is infinitely scalable. It is something that can grow. It's something that makes use of my not just my um, zones of genius, but my team zones of genius. And so it's, I think I heard a coach say this the other day. It was like, don't go after the vanity metrics. I can't remember who it was, but don't go after the vanity metrics. Think about what is this going to allow me to make Mm. going forward? And what the business that I had while I adored it and I've learned so much, it was also very much based on launch, 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 launch. Mm -hmm. And the way that we're doing it still, I don't really believe that you can have the sort of business I've got with zero launching. Mm. I don't like, I know what people mean when they say that they mean doing it differently, but there is always that launch energy that goes into various things. That's something again, we're going to talk about in plenty more. And we're going to have a program around that because whether or not you're launching something on evergreen, you're going to have launches, whether you're doing an event, there's a launch energy to that event. It's very rare that you're just, and until you get to the point where you just rely on ads and but most people that I'm speaking to here are not in that space so yeah so in terms of the um how it's had an impact like I said last year doubled this year will be like it will be a good year which is not going to be over what I made last year well I shouldn't say that we might we might meet it to be fair I wanted um to make more again we might meet it or it might be just below but the amount of work I've had to do this year is like a completely different thing the space I've been able to give myself, the space to really look at the programs. How are they going to get results for people? What is this going to look like? How do I want my company to look like the transition to, into a company? Mm. is like, what? Um, I just kind of just reflect back on a few weeks ago. You're like, oh, they're a company. And you're always yes. almost like, you know, yes, swallowing exactly. the word. You're yeah. much more kind of embodying it now. Yeah, absolutely. So there's been all of that shift. And I think this is something that is really, you know, and I would, I would love to just be here. Like, I'll be honest, the ego in me would love to be here and be like, yes, this year we're making triple and next year we're making this much. But I think it really holds people back. This idea they've got to make more and more and more and more and more. And so we end up creating businesses that are built to make more, not businesses that are built to um, be what we need them to be for us. Mm. Yeah. And so there was a real lesson around ego and stuff. And, and it was weird in the summer because I didn't put anything out to sell. And I've said to the team a lot of times, I'm like, ah, I find this really strange. Because <laughs> for five years, it's been like launch, launch, go, go. And I get that nice, like um, there's feedback in selling that feels really good. Um, and I'm now in a place where launching is not that stressful thing for me. I adore it. I still have feelings. I still have ups and downs, but I'm able to like, you know, I know how to navigate them. I know how to not attach myself to them. Generally, I might have an odd 
an off day, but generally it's not a very stressful experience. And I think we need to be in a position where we are, we have enough trust to make big decisions for the years to come, not just the monthly metrics. Mm. And that's been a lot of what this year is about. So yeah, I'd love to go. We're making, we're on track for half a million this year, but you know, not yet. But I think it's also important to note that you did, you did last year, you doubled where you were before. And this year, despite the fact that you are completely changing your, your business model, you're, you're on track to probably match it. And then, and you're laying the foundations that next year it's going to go up kind of exponentially. Exactly. And I just, I think it's been, you know, we talked about me being not your average money coach. I think Mm. for me, it's really important to always be as honest as I can Mm. about the realities of running a business like nobody's business well I shouldn't say that I'm sure there are some people it's rare that someone's business every single month makes more and more and more and Mm. more money that doesn't mean your business isn't working Mm. if you have a year where you don't make as much or you you plateau Mm. it doesn't mean your business isn't working we it takes time to figure this stuff out and I speak to a lot of people who are in like the murky middle ground with a lot of this stuff where they feel like they're you know they're making money but they're struggling to get to that next bit and and often I think I said this on a call to a coaching call the other day and um, for me a coaching call for me and I was talking about something that um, has been a long time I can't remember what it was now but one of those long term like oh my god I'm still struggling to really own whatever it was like and really like heal that thing or do that thing differently and I went oh but it's been so long and then I really caught myself and was like it's been five years it's not that long like my youngest has only been alive six years that's his entire life (laughs) and I was really like it's not that long Ray really when you consider the hundreds of years of social conditioning and the decades of my life of of like various things that have happened Mm. if I if you met me five years ago you wouldn't recognize who I am and yet it's that constant story isn't it it's not good enough it's not good enough it's not good enough and so that's something I'm really keen on and again Joe and I have discussed in depth that in plenty more we want to make space for people for things to go brilliantly and to get into the murkiness when it's sticky because I Mm. think that's actually I hope we get lots of people coming along who are in that stickiness and we can sort of get unraveling what's happening for them. And it's again, it's why currently, and I don't think this is going to change, the program's 12 months long. And I get that that's going to be tricky for some people. People are going to be like, that's a big commitment. But it will mean we can travel alongside you through a number of, you know, just life experiences, business experiences, different ways that the internet what's the instagram algorithm up to (laughs) (laughs) a lot of that stuff what different like things have they introduced Mm -hmm. in it but we can really travel alongside that and i think that's going to be really magical to just get honest about all of this stuff and create a supportive and honest open um community and program within all of that yeah because if you think of all of the the other short courses that we end up doing or those kind of yeah. that we're looking for the quick fix actually what i see the 12 months has been is this absolutely gorgeous container yeah. where 
you have space to to grow and to to sometimes breathe in sometimes expand to, to you know, yeah. do the whole thing and there's actual space to go through the cycles that you need to, to yeah. go through yeah. without it being okay i have like six weeks in this program to hit the mark otherwise i have failed yeah absolutely yeah and i think you know i love a short like immersive course mm. i think they can be amazing for the energy however and i've seen this happen over and over again what happens if that course happens to land in a time where something mm. happens in your life or you're just not feeling it like and then that and so you then miss out on the energy of that experience whereas with this program it's kept you know we're there it's mm. still there and it's an acknowledgement of how deep this money stuff goes and by the way it's not really even about money like a lot of my clients say this to me they're like I feel like this isn't really about money and it's like no it, there's bits about money in there but what impacts our money making is very rarely anything to do with money because it's like money is it's like suggesting that I don't know if this analogy is going to work let's find out <laughs> go for it though because <laughs> I'm now excited about what it's going to be <laughs> Because it could be anything, let's face it. Oh, God, it it could be so random. Um, No, it's it's like suggesting that the quality of what you write in a novel or like a book you're writing is down to the pen. It's not, you know, it's an object. Uh And it is a reflection of, you know, of how things are going and all of those things. But there's so much more that goes into, you know, like like writing a novel and saying, "It's, it's my computer, my computer's bad. No, you've got some stuff around your beliefs around what kind of writer you are. You're blocked because you're staying in all day and you're not getting inspired. I mean, God knows how people wrote during the pandemic. That must have been both brilliant for some people and an absolute nightmare for others. Um, and so it's that it's it's like, yes, there's an aspect of that to it. And the joy, and this is where the analogy does not continue to work, but the safety that comes with making money, we can't pretend that's not a thing. Mm. The opportunities, the power, the energy of it all absolutely legit things but it's very rare and I can't really think of any examples where it's about the money itself Mm. all the different aspects like I often say money is the symptom it's not the cause Mm. um and so that's I can't remember why I was saying that now but I think that's super important when it comes to all of this stuff all right so we have got the traditional Moneymakers podcast radar quick fire round to finish off. <laughs> Stolen from <laughs> Renee Brown, but with different questions. Yes. Um, so question one, finish this sentence, Radard. Money is exciting. Oh. <laughs> I love that I'm getting to answer these every time I'm like, I want to say it. <laughs> yeah, exciting. I'm gonna say. Mm, okay. Favorite book you've read lately? Oh, do you know what? I have not been reading a lot lately. I read a lot, a lot of fiction. Um, what did I read? <laughs> My reading habits are so, I feel like I want to like caveat this with, I do have a degree in English literature and I've read like a number of young adult fiction and um, steamy romances lately. Um, so I read, oh, what's it called? Something, something Chloe, Get a Life, Chloe Brown. That was it. And I read the... Um, Nevermore, the third Nevermore book, which I really love, which is like, it's about wizards and things, which is totally up my street. And then I think that's, I think I did another one, but I can't remember what it was. Um, so yeah, that's my general like um, 
I read quite easy fiction a lot mm. of the time probably partly because of my English degree like I think it kind of ruined me for like having to wade through a book because it's uh-huh. supposed to be good I can't be bothered I'd rather just enjoy what I'm reading uh-huh. and then in terms of I haven't so these aren't books I've read but they're books I'm looking forward to reading is um we need to talk about money that's one of the ones that is um by Otega Owangba Owagba um I really like the look of that one Mm-hmm. um so that that's on my shelf I just have not been in a reading space recently um but yeah that's probably that's probably the main one I'm looking forward to nice okay the impact of people traditionally left out of making money and making more money is I just think it's like I can't I think we can't even fathom it what the impact of that would be I think we are already seeing what happens when people traditionally left out of being able to give their opinion and their life experience. Mm-hmm. We're already seeing the impact of that. And for me, it's a it's a uh, next layer to that in that as people, I just, I often think about, you know, the causes and laws and, um, things in like government budgets and stuff that are just completely ignored because the people creating those things literally don't know they're a problem. Mm. Um, I used to work with young people before I did this job. And um, when Boris was mayor, he canceled, and I can't remember what it's called. There was this big anti-racism um, concert that used to happen in London and it was mm-hmm. put on by the mayor of London. And when he became mayor, when he took over from Ken, he canceled it because he said racism's no longer an issue. And he decided, (laughs) sorry, Um, I think this was not far, like this was, I can't remember when he came as far, but it wasn't, it was pretty close to the the riots that were in London as Mm. well. Um, And when was that, like 2007? No, maybe 2010. Anyway, Mm. just absolute nonsense. And he decided that part of that money was going to go to, he's like, kids need to learn Latin, Um, like inner city London kids. And, Uh And you're just like, it's stuff like that where, and I know he's actually a relatively, well, is he an extreme example? They do all seem to be from Eton, mm-hmm. but like, it's this thing of like, he does that. That's what he thinks the issue is. Mm. And that's where he's putting the money. And I, and mm. some of that is going to be just like actual problematic, like purposeful stuff. But some of it's just going to be plain ignorance because mm. it doesn't, those, all the people in power, all the people making money or the majority of them, actually just don't know yeah and so I just often think about just the very almost quite low-key what will happen when you know more people who understand what it means to look after children mm-hmm. in their younger years are earning are making money and running companies and so mm-hmm. do take make the decision to pay people better give them more space mm-hmm. all of those things more people with mental health issues or at least family with that who are aware of it so that's a very long-winded answer to that one, but I just think it is at, it's a seismic shift. Yeah, it'd be huge. It really would be truly revolutionary. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's exciting. I want to live in Ray World. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Um, if you could eat one thing for the rest of your life, I'm so mean asking people this question all the time. Um, no, I've got to answer it. I I think it would be lasagna. With salad. 
with salad like I'll have a meal I do let people have meals it would be lasagna and salad my my mother-in-law's lasagna specifically um if that wasn't available I'd have my husband's it is a close second but yeah I just it's got cheese it's got pasta it's Come like around. yeah it's yeah. the best yeah it is the best I no, 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 my head I'm going but what about Thai food yeah. what about Mexican food uh, I'm gonna go lasagna let's just say that okay okay and the reason I say salad is because um turns out Ray and I have always thought we were weirdos or were told <laughs> we were weirdos by our respective people um uh, because we really like salad and lasagna and it was one of those kind of bonding moments I feel, between us yeah the best the cold and the hot the crunchy and the not crunchy absolutely yeah the best thing it I really, really is I, I need a salad with my lasagna it's and very... I've had it twice this week just because, yeah. I might ask my husband to go because there's a good co-op lasagna like because I like lasagna across the board I like a a really nasty lasagna from a like greasy spoon from, uh-huh. from the hospital even if you ever had a hospital I'll eat that I have not had a hospital <laughs> lasagna no. hospital lasagna <laughs> Um, I grew up on like um, in my diet culture house, Weight Watchers um, mm. lasagnas in like mm. microwavable ones. Fine with those. Like I will eat. Like don't get me wrong, my mother-in-law's lasagna is like the pinnacle. Yeah, mm. it's the best. But I'll eat all kinds of lasagna. But it's always got to have a salad with it. Yeah, always. I agree. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm pro. <laughs> I am team salad and lasagna. Yeah. Final question. Yes. The best bit of money advice that you've ever received. So I would say it was when somebody said to me, the number in your bank account is only a reflection of what you've done before, not what you're going to do now. Oh. And I, I think I was having a freak out. <laughs> We've mm. mentioned those about like early on in my business about how much money I brought in and was like, there's no money in there. And, and she was just like, it's only a, only a reflection of, of what you did before. Like, what can you do? And it was just this real shift. And we talk about this in plenty, mm. this shift into being, realizing that money doesn't happen to me. I can, and, it, and it was like, kicked me into that. Like, I'm a creator of money. Mm. I can do something that is going to create money and it's going to bring it into that bank balance. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was, and I think about that. I still think about that frequently. Mm. anything else that you'd like to to say we should probably tell people where to go to find out about plenty more so you should just have to go to the um show notes so if you pop to the show notes you can um you can have a look at the page which is the application page we're going to be running this live private training which we are hand selecting people for not in a like a cliquey way at all just in a like we want to make sure we're getting people in who are going to be the right fit for the program. They're going to get value for money out of it, all of that sort of stuff. So please don't feel like, you know, we're, we're seeing, <laughs> we're gauging how much we like you or anything like yeah. that. I'm sure if you're listening to this, we're going to like you. Um, but more just wanting to make sure that it is the best place for everybody. Um, and so, yeah, you can apply there um, and then you can come along to the um, live private training or we'll be sending out on replay as well, but you just have to be signed up to get to that. Um, and yeah, you'll be able to find out m- much more about the framework we mentioned mm-hmm. and the three elements, the, the two extra elements beyond trust and I'll be expanding massively on trust as well. Mm-hmm. And um, and also you'll be able to find out more about Plenty More itself. I should say as well, I hope this goes without saying, There's if you apply, there is no pressure to actually join. It's for people who are interested, just like you would come along to a free webinar and you'd see what you thought. It's the same thing. We're just wanting to make it a really lovely, intimate space from the off. Yeah. Oh, right Thanks, thank you very much 
<laughs> All right. And everyone, and uh, what else do I need to say? I'll see you soon. What do I normally say? Do a weird, awkward goodbye normally. Yeah. Bye, this, everyone. This is tick that box, I think. <laughs> Before you go, I just wanted to remind you that there is a link in our show notes where you can apply to our live private training, where I will talk you through how to make plenty of money with you and your big ambitions at the centre of your business strategy. I'm so excited to share all of this brand new content with you. Um, It's been all I've been working on for a long time. So I am so excited to get it into that next phase. And if you want to be there, all you have to do is click that link and answer a few questions. See you soon.